welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I'm Drew. And I feel like we should rename today's episode It's a Music Cat Podcast. Yes. Or It's a Jellical Podcast. Yes, because we are off to the Jellical Ball. Yep. That's all you remember about cats. <laughs> I I have a colourful history with cats. Mm-hmm. I feel like I knew cats as a joke before ever actually experiencing the film. Right. So... The... So you were... Before you saw the movie, because we've watched the 2019 movie version. Yes. And we're talking about the stage musical today. But before you ever saw the film version, had you, you'd heard of Cats? Yeah, the first time I remember hearing about Cats was with Team America World Police. I have absolutely no idea what that is. So that's a musical, we've actually referenced it before. Mm-hmm. It's a feature by Trey Parker and Matt Stone oh, of cool. South Park and Book of Mormon. Yeah. They actually reference Rent mm-hmm. in it, which is how I kind of knew as much about rent as I did. Okay. And they make a few unsavory jokes about cats. Mm-hmm. And they reference Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. So this is about 2005. And I'm aware that cats is kind of seen as a little bit of a joke. Yeah. At least that's the perception to me. Mm-hmm. I then saw, and we referenced this last week in our episode covering Ratatouille, the musical, and I've shown you the episode since of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, where Titus joins the cast of Cats. Yeah. And I know you're not a fan of the show, but you did. No, but that was really funny. And you came alive during the moments. Yeah, just for Cats. So, again, I'm aware that Cats is kind of seen as a bit of a joke. Mm -hmm. And, you know... There are shows where if they reference it once, fair enough. But to be referenced at least twice that I'm aware of where it is, you know, the footnote of a joke. joke. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel like there's a perception about this show. And then we saw the film. Yeah. And I enjoyed the film. I know it's... (laughs) I know that, you know, that Mm. everyone has a view on it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I still remember you getting really excited in the lead up to the film showing me a a cinema screening of everyone singing Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. And I think it's one of those that if you are a fan of it, you always knew what you were going to expect from the film. Mm -hmm. And if you hadn't any awareness of Cats, I mean, you were going to get the experience that it seems like most of the internet has had. Yeah. But again, as soon as it was announced that Tom Hooper was doing Cats... Mm -hmm. The general consensus that I remember online was like, what? Why though? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, third strike, Cats just seems to be a bit of a joke. Yeah. But this has a phenomenal cast. Mm-hmm. You know, especially Elaine Page. I love Elaine Page. Yeah. I've never actually seen her in anything though. How is that possible? I don't I don't know what she's actually done. You know, like... Like every musical... Okay, but I don't think I've ever seen her in a musical. But I know her from her 
radio show. Yeah. And she's so charming and she's so lovely and she's awesome. So I'm very excited to actually see her perform. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of, you know, very talented people that have been involved in Cats, the Mm -hmm. stage show. And Andrew Lloyd Webber, I like shows that I have seen by him. Yeah. So I feel like I'm I'm curious to see how Cats has gone from this stage show to kind of the butt of a joke. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think my mum's also told me sometimes in the past that like Cats is one of her favourite shows that she's seen. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's obviously got a very interesting past. Mm-hmm. I know the quote unquote plot. Yeah. You know, which of these cats will die? I guess, if you want to simplify it that hard. Yeah, if you want to simplify it that hard. I'm curious to see how it's different. Like, how has the film changed? Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously they probably had to change and maybe add plot to make a film version work. So I'm curious to see how it's different. Mm-hmm. I liked the songs in the film as well. Yeah. But you told me in the past that Mr. Mistopheles is less shy in the stage version. So this is something you're going to find with the version that we're watching. We are watching the 1998 stage recording, which is the Elaine Page cast. But she was in it as far back as 1981. Yeah. Wow. But this is the, they got her back to record That's very this cool. movie version, which is great. In the same way that they got Jonathan Groff back to do Hamilton, Hamilton yeah. Like three nights. So every recording of Cats is different and every restaging of Cats is different. Andrew Lloyd Webber changes the music fairly frequently. It's not quite like Starlight Express levels of I've written a new song this week, but with Cats, he changes the tone based on the actors that they cast. That's fair. Which I think is a good idea because this doesn't have any talking. It's a sung musical. And it is predominantly as well a dance musical, Mm -hmm. which is I think is the first musical that we've covered that is predominantly a dance musical. Yeah. One of the things I found really interesting, because I've always known this was adapted from poems by T.S. Eliot, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't aware just how close to the poems it was. You have the book. Yeah, it's on the shelf behind you. And you've shown me it, and it's literally word for word the lyrics of the songs. Yeah. And I think that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So what I think is very cool about the songs, at least what I heard and what I have heard, is the ability that Andrew Lloyd Webber has had in composing music to fit those poems. Yeah. And that amazes me. I think that's very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So, how did this become such a joke? Well, so basically, Cats is a Marmite musical. Yeah. You are either going to love it and have a good time, or be like, what is happening? I don't know what I'm watching. This is awful. So just like the film. Yeah. And that's how people perceive it. I don't, I've never met anyone who was like, Cats was okay. 
Like you either are like, oh, I'm invested in the lore and I know every all the characters' names and I'm really into this, or you're like, this is weird. What is this? I show? think I might be the only person then who is like, Cats is okay. I yeah. didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. Yeah. So I am somewhere in the middle of it. Mm. But then my experience is... Is the movie version. Yeah. So this might change that. This is another one of those shows that I saw when I was like two. Yeah. And broke the VHS of because that's how long I've been alive for. But... For any young people listening, a VHS is like a DVD. But bigger. <laughs> but bigger. And if you rewind it too much, the tape will tear apart and break. Yeah. I did that to the VHS of Cats. That was my mum's. And it died because I rewatched it so often. But here's the question. Once it died, did it come back as a brand new shiny (laughs) version of Cats? No, once it broke, my mum did not buy another one. So I resorted to the internet to watch Cats instead. So Andrew Lloyd Webber started writing the music to this in 1977. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And he presented it as a song cycle the same way that Lin-Manuel Miranda did with Hamilton. It was just an album. Yeah. It's like a concept album because this was a famous poetry book. And he was like, hey, I've set these to music and I've changed the music for each cat. So it fits the cat's personalities. Which I like. Mm. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about this is I like... It has a run-through theme, but each cat has a personality mm. within their own song as well. Yes. Which I'm a big fan of. And when you're watching the dance portions of it, each cat has a slightly different dance style that runs to the same theme, but they're all individuals. And I really like that. Especially for it's a big ensemble cast. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like there's one main character to this. Mm. Take a wild guess uh, who produced this Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Oh, it's going to be the person he always works with. And I can't remember the name right now. Cameron McIntosh. Yeah. Yep. And then they got Trevor Nunn, the director, and Gillian Lynn, the choreographer, to come and work on it with them. Cool. Yep. Uh, it opened in London, in the West End, in 1981. And it had pretty positive reviews. People liked it because it was a big dance and music show. Yeah. Something for everyone. Yeah. One of the things you've said to me in the past a few times we've covered Andrew Lloyd Webber, and it's been a while since we've we've touched on an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, Mm -hmm. but some things you've mentioned to me in the past, like when we covered Joseph as our very first episode, is how long it's taken from starting it to actually get it on in the theatre. So that's quite a short time for him, you know, Mm -hmm. 1977, working on the music, presumably releasing it. He released the song cycle in 1980. Yeah, so, you know, from releasing the song cycle, which is going to just be a concept Concept, album, from there to 81. So in the span of one year, Mm -hmm. he's come up with a show now for him, who's notorious for refining. Mm -hmm. That's pretty quick. Yeah, but if you've got Cameron McIntosh being like, we're doing this show. I guess you don't have the right to say, can we have like... Can I have another year? That would be great. (laughs) Yeah, so, and then... It moved to Broadway in the Winter Garden Theatre in 1982 to mixed reviews. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. There's not anything specific about why, and I don't know whether it is a cultural difference or whether it just was the timing Mm. that was weird. However, it did win a whole bunch of Tony Awards. 
because at the 37th annual Tony Awards, they got 11 nominations for Cats, which was the most nominations that year, and seven wins. What was its kind of chief competition? So for Best Musical, there was Cats, Blues in the Night, Merlin, and My One and Only. I've never heard of any of the other ones, no. to be honest. <laughs> I'm not surprised yeah. by that. And then revivals, we had All well, All's Well That Ends Well, View From The Bridge, and On Your Toes. So it, how is this up for revivals as well? Then? No, those are just all the shows that were oh, okay. nominated this year. So it won Best Musical, obviously, because have you, you haven't heard of any of no, those I other haven't. shows. And I'm sure they're great, but Cats was like winning everything. Best Performance by a Featured Actress for Grizabella. Best and that was score. Elaine Page. No, this is in America. But Elaine Page's character yes. in the version we're yeah, going to watch. Yeah. So it was Betty Buckley at the time. Andrew Lloyd Webber won Best Original Score. They lost Best Choreography Wow. to My One and Only, which is super interesting. That is super interesting considering this is a dance show. Perhaps it's just because the dance style doesn't kind of fit Tony's vibe. Maybe. And then they won Best Direction, Best Costume and Best Lighting. The costumes are incredible for this. They absolutely are. I could sit and watch backstage costume stuff about cats for hours. And we have. And we have. But what I think is especially amazing about it is how it's the actors themselves that have to do the makeup. In my mind, I always visualise that you had a team of people sitting and applying it to the actors. But no... You have to do it, and by the end of it, you're a pro. But the first few times, it takes forever. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely incredible that the ownership is given to the actors. I think that's fairly common practice in professional theatre, though. I don't think anyone's coming in and doing their makeup for them. But with a show like Cats, where... Well, it's like makeup heavy. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, is like, because you are transforming so many people, mm-hmm. it's not like you're transforming one or two people you are transforming your whole ensemble. Yeah. I always envisioned it being you'd have a team of five makeup artists that would literally be like five, done, five, done. You know what I mean? Nope. They have a team of wig artists who are coming and putting the wigs onto the actors. But other than that... I think that's incredible. do your own makeup. No, the costumes for this... From my perspective, they could always look silly because you are dressing adults as cats. Mm -hmm. And I think you always have that danger when you are you know, personifying animals, that it can look silly. You've shown me some bad, big bad wolf from Into the Woods. Yeah. You've shown me some awful beasts and you've shown me some awful Shreks. Mm -hmm. So it's very challenging, but it's very rare that I have seen a bad cat's Mm -hmm. image. And I think that speaks volumes about the integrity and the quality that goes into it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So they there's a last uh, Tony Award that they won that I haven't told you about yet. Okay. Which is Best Book of a Musical. Okay. Which went to T.S. Eliot. <laughs> <laughs> because it's his, he wrote it. <laughs> so, <sighs> and technically, the um, Best Original Score went to Andrew Lloyd Webber and T.S. Eliot. Because he, it's his... Show. No, I know that makes sense. And it's funny though, isn't it? <laughs> it just feels like you are establishing the show's kind of a joke from there as well. Like it's a tongue in cheek honorary Oscar. Mm-hmm. You know, when Walt Disney won for Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, he got like an honorary 
Oscar for achievement. It was a smaller one or seven smaller dwarf Oscars. And it just feels like you're honouring it in a kind of novelty way. Yep. Wow. Okay. See, this is the thing. I know it's perceived as a joke. Yeah. But I do like the songs. Mm-hmm. And... I'm very intrigued to see how it works when you are confined to this trash heap on stage. Because that's what it kind of looks like. That Yeah, so then... I have so much research about the junkyard. Because yes. that is what it's called. So every year, you kind of know the plot, cats. But every year, the Jellicles, which is a specific tribe of cats. Yeah. Because there are other tribes, but this is just the one that we're focusing on. They gather to have the Jellicle Ball. And it's always under a full moon. And they gather at the junkyard. And the set designer, John Napier, created the original set in 1980 for Andrew Lloyd Webber. And he wanted it to be a world where they were using real objects to make this fantasy world. So if you look at all the individual pieces of the set, you'll see there's like tyres and the rear end of a car and... All of these things that are human things that we take for granted, but when you make them supersized and put them all together, they become this like fantasy realm. Yeah. That if you put like a kid in a junkyard, that's how they would see it. And that's how they want us to see it. Because from the size perspective of a cat, all of this stuff is magical fantasy things. The other thing is John Napier, every single set he builds for cats because there have been so many reproductions of it and so many tours and in other countries the rear end of the car the number plate always is nap for napier and then whatever number it is oh that's really cool so you might have nap 17 yeah because it's the 17th iteration of that. that's so yeah. cool see lo- so much love seems to have been poured into this show mm-hmm. and Am I right in thinking that it has been one of the longest lasting shows on Broadway or? So, yes. Because I know you've told me at times in the past that shows will go on at a certain theatre, but then once their run is coming to an end, Andrew Lloyd Webber has been like, I want to put cats on here and they will drop what's there. They won't even talk about or they might end renegotiations to, you know, prolong this show. Be like, we're going to have cats. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So in 1997, Cats overtook a chorus line and became the longest running show in Broadway history. Yeah. And then it is at this current date, the fourth longest running show of all time. Wow. However, it isn't on on Broadway at the moment. No. So, yeah. They have had a revival and there's been a bajillion versions of it because obviously it goes on tour everywhere. And yeah. like before the pandemic, there was a US touring cast. Yeah. And I've been following a whole bunch of the actors from it on TikTok because they're all on there. Yeah. Which is great. We've had obviously Elaine Page and Betty Buckley were yes. the originators of the role, both in the UK and in America. Yeah. Then Elaine Page went on and did it a whole bunch of times. We've had Nicole Scherzinger. Wow. Oh, I've heard that. I knew, yeah. Beverly Knight. Yep. Leona Lewis and Jennifer Hudson, obviously, in the movie. 
Okay, so she's only done it in the movie. She's not done it on stage. Not so far as I'm aware. Okay. That, I thought it was going to be like really interesting because you mentioned that. I thought, oh, wow. And then, no, she was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, memory isn't... So this is the other one I've just remembered, that memory is also referred to in School of Rock. Yeah, it is. But that's also an Andrew Lloyd Webber. So. No, in the film as well. Predating the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Oh, right. So that's because memory is on the unofficial Do Not Sing list. But... Again, so this is now a fourth example of cats being seen as kind of a joke. Yeah. And the fact that then Andrew Lloyd Webber would reference it in his own work and have Dewey be like, never, ever bring that into my classroom again. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. So yeah, four occasions where cats is kind of seen as a bit of a joke. Yeah, that's kind of fair. Cats... When it was criticised. Yes. When people were watching it and critiquing it. Like I say, it was completely polarising. People, critics specifically, either were like, this is incredible, this is revolutionary, we've never seen a show like this before, Andrew Lloyd Webber is insane, but this is great. Yeah. Or, why would you make this? This is so strange. Mm. Why do people enjoy this? Like a fever dream. Yeah, basically. However, Cats established musical theatre as a like commodity yeah it was something that people could just go and see and it became a complete cultural phenomenon overnight and had a really big influence on musical theatre from that point on which basically meant that there were suddenly global stakes for your show yeah because people were coming from out of town to see this musical And usually you would have your audience be people who live in New York and that's who you're trying to aim at or people who live in London and that's your initial audience. Yeah. You're not opening to out-of-town visitors, you know? Yeah. But this was, and people would hear that this was reopening or that it was going to have a touring cast and would book months in advance to go and see Cats. So this is almost like... The first tourist trap musical. It's done for Broadway and musical theatre, what Jaws did for the summer blockbuster, that it kind of reinvented what it is to release something and attract a different market. Yeah, because obviously there were musicals before that were doing that, Mm -hmm. that were attracting a wider audience. Yeah. But the effect that Cats was having, because of how polarising it was in its reviews was that people would hear would see these two reviews side by side and be like, okay, what's happening? With I this? have to see this. I for need myself. to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's billed as the first true mega musical. Okay. Yeah. Just out of interest, before we get on and we watch this, how many cats can you name? Okay, so we have old Deut- Deuteronomy. Yep. We have Gus the Theatre Cat. Mm-hmm. We have Grizabella. Yep. We have Mongo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Mm-hmm. We have Mr. Mistopheles. Mm-hmm. We have Skimble Shanks. Yes. Who is one of my favourites from the film version. Mm-hmm. We have Buster for Jones. Yep. Not Skin and Bones. We have. We have. The rum 
Tumtaga. Yes. I can't believe it took you that long to get to the No, I, I, I remember a lot of them. Is the the baby cat Victoria? Yeah. Who we are supposed to, the, at least in, in the, the film movie, version, yeah. see the world through her eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, who was Idris Elba? <laughs> he was the stalker cat. He was the stalker cat, yeah. <laughs> and I can I can picture his name. It, oh no, and that's really bugging me. Oh, I can't remember his name, and I had it in my head the other day. Do you want me to tell you? Yes, please. Macavity. Macavity, yeah. But when you look Macavity, you're suddenly what, not there. Do you remember what Gus's full name is? No. Is it asparagus? Asparagus. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Shall I name all the cats for you? There's, there's Fat Amy Cat. Yeah, but you have to say what her But I, I don't remember is. her actual name. There was the other cat that kind of is vying with Mr. Mistopheles for Victoria's affections. Except he's not, but okay. No, but you know what I mean. Like, that's I know how what you I... mean, yeah. Those are those two cats. And then there was Taylor Swift Cat. Yeah. So the one that you think is and then there's flirting the... with Victoria yes. is Monka Strap. He's the second in command. And you've also got the Barge Cat on the Thames. Mm-hmm. So I've missed four cats. Which isn't bad. You way more cats than that. Okay. So the the featured cats that have songs about them are Gus the Theatre Cat. Yeah. Then we have Bombal Urina, who is the one that sings Macavity. Okay. Um, she hates him. And Demeter, who also sings with her. Buster Jones, obviously. Grisabella. Syllabub, or Jet Jemima which is the same, kind of the same character, but is always played by the same actress, is the youngest kitten that is sympathetic to Grisabella. Okay. Jelly Lorem, who is the one that looks after Gus. Yep. Jenny Any Dots. Is uh, Fat Amy. Yes. Rebel Wilson. That's it. I couldn't remember her name. Mm-hmm. AKA the Gumby Cat. Then obviously McCavity, Mr. Mistopheles, Mungo Jerry, Rumpelteaser, Monka Strap, Old Deuteronomy, Rumtum Tugger, Skimbleshanks and Victoria. However... Oh, and the one that's on the barge that you couldn't remember the name of is Growl Tiger. Cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of cats in Cats. Yeah. And then the the rest of the cats are Admetus, Plato, Alonzo, Bill Bailey, Tumble Brutus, Carbuckety, Pounceable, Cassandra, Coricapat, Tantamile, Electra, etc. Griddlebone, Growl Tiger and the Rumpus Cat. Well, I'm really glad then that we're going to see, you know, why Bill Bailey was the perfect... <laughs> entrant for Strictly Come Dancing because he's clearly got a dance background when he was a cat sure and the cats are broken into groups okay. so there's adult cats like performance cats and kittens honestly you are just saying the first <laughs> song to me now look there's adult cats there's baby cats there's performance cats yeah look there's a cat there's a performance cat here is a cat and, and there, there is, is a cat, cat. Are you ready? I'm very excited. This is my birthday present. So at time of recording this bit, it is the 9th of January. Come midnight, Drew will be turning. I'm not old. (laughs) Thank you. So the next time we actually record after we've watched this will probably be a day that's not your birthday. Yes. So happy birthday. This is my birthday present. I chose this. (laughs) Yes. There's a full moon rising. Yep. 
there's a there's a party. Mm-hmm. You're invited to the Jellicle Ball. To the Jellicle Ball. I'm very excited. I should go and put my tights on. I'm already wearing my tights. <laughs> and my yak hair wig. I might not survive this one. I can't I can't say see you soon. Yeah, because we might have to send you to the heavy side layer. I might get put on a hot air balloon and just flown into the stratosphere. <laughs> I thought she was on a hot air balloon. <laughs> oh. we're, we're watching the original Battle Royale. Forget the Hunger Games. Forget Fortnite. It's all about the Jellicle Ball. Yeah. See you in another life. Skimble shanks the railway cat, the cat of the railway train. There's a whisper down the line at 11.39 when the night mail's ready to depart. Saying, Skimble, where is Skimble? Has he gone to hunt the thimble? We must find him on the train, can't start. All the guards and all the porters and the station master's daughters would be searching high and low. Saying, Skimble, where is Skimble? For unless he's very nimble, then the night mail just can't go. And we are back from the world of the cats. We are Feline, fine. Mm, boo. How many cats jokes have you written down? I honestly have no idea, but I know that <laughs> I've got a hefty amount of notes for this one. Cool. Yeah, this is all my notes. Mm-hmm. Normally, you, how many pages do you normally write? Like 10 or 11? Yeah, about that. And I feel like I've... I think I did 17, mm-hmm. which I thought was funny because I highlighted the number 17 when we got to that song. Yeah. Which is really, really scary. We're like entering the twilight zone over here. Mm-hmm. This was amazing. <laughs> Good, I'm glad you This liked was absolutely it. incredible. It was filmed at the Adelphi Theatre. Yes, it was. I like the Adelphi. We've mm. we've been there. Yep. We saw Waitress there. I've been there many a time. <laughs> I'm sure I've been there before, but I remember Waitress. Mm-hmm. So it's quite nice that like, you know, for your birthday, I'm taking you to the Adelphi. Again. Again. Yeah. It feels very appropriate. Mm-hmm. And I also remembered that I've never actually seen the opening of this before. Yeah, because we saw the film, but we didn't see the start of the film. We actually started watching about 10 minutes in. Yeah, which was a real, real pain. So I used to work at cinema Mm -hmm. and I've always operated as a result of that, knowing that you're going to have 25 minutes of trailers before the film starts. Yeah. And I like to get there early anyway so we can get our food and popcorn Mm -hmm. we'd already been at the cinema that day because we'd been to see the rise of skywalker and we'd returned to watch cats plenty of time the queues were long fine it's christmas you know people are going to go watch films yep when we finally get in there cats has already started and you're thinking but we should at least have five ten minutes of trailers so it was i think actually what stopped me going to cineworld i changed to odeon at that point in time Mm-hmm. So I I'd remembered I'd never seen the opening to Cats before. And when we do watch the film version, I'm very excited to see how this bit translates with all the cat eyes. Because that's a very cool opening. Yeah. Like, I love the synths. Mm-hmm. It is very mysterious. And I did think the cat eyes kind of look like cat wombs. 
Sure. That these cats are going to get birthed from. From what I remember, and I haven't seen this show since I was an actual child. Yes. That actually does happen. Obviously, you don't get the zooming in eyes, but the eyes start to appear around the stage. And because it is in such darkness, when the lights finally come on and you see the set, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, well, like, this is the, the same as with this. That's what I quite liked about this is because it was a very long opening. I'm kind of like, okay, well, you've got to do something to fill the time with this overture. Mm-hmm. But then when I realised as the lights came up, you could still see some of the cat eyes on stage. I thought, that's a really cool effect. And I wonder how that looks in person. Yeah. And the da, 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 da really makes me think of Christmas mm-hmm. just because like I remember all the trailers leading up to it in like October November time on TV just kind of gave me a real Christmas vibe about it yeah it really does doesn't it yeah we get the credits we see Ken Page no relation mm-hmm. okay just two pages in the show no relation spelt entirely differently it's a very cool way to open up this world and yeah I really liked it. We go into the prologue. What I like about this is that the actors really are like cats. Explain. Like them. Because, like, of course they are. No, I know, but their movements, they're so kind of, like, elegant Mm -hmm. and feline. Yep. And, obviously, with the costume and the makeup together, it's just really interesting to watch. Yeah. And considering that this is in front of an audience, mm-hmm. the precision needed to become cats is great. And I just thought this was a really nice opening. It establishes the world really, really well. Mm-hmm. You pointed out the license plate for this show said yes. TSE1, yeah. which I thought was very, very cool. Which, as far as I'm aware, was done just for this filmed version. Yeah. Because why not? No, why not? I think it's a really nice little Easter egg. Mm -hmm. You know it, and if you don't know it, it doesn't matter. That's what you want. You don't want an Easter egg being front and Mm centre. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. It's bad Easter egg hiding. (laughs) We get a really nice introduction to a lot of these different cats. Yes. This this might be my favourite opening of any musical. It's just having slowly people start to enter the stage and then have an immediate question posed to the audience. Yeah. Incredible. And we get one of our favourites from previous weeks Mm -hmm. returning Mm -hmm. because we meet Alonzo. Yep. Jason Gardner. Jason Gardner. (laughs) He is cock of the walk, isn't he here? Like the way he just struts in is fantastic. Yeah. I remember in the run up to watching Cats with you, Mm -hmm. having no idea what it was about any context, like the first time. And just singing, this is a cat, oh, look, it's a cat, and look, it's a cat, and look, it's a cat. Yep. I had no idea that actually that was the song, basically. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I sang this song without realising. just listing things that cats do. Yeah, and different types of cats. So we've got, like, metaphorical cats, Mm -hmm. magical cats, allegorical cats. Mm -hmm. Dramatical cats. Yeah. I like practical cats, pragmatical cats. It's very silly. It's great. (laughs) You've got the book of poems in front of you, which I think is very, very cool. You said it was from 1984, which puts it like similar age to 
Cats, the show itself. Mm-hmm. Well, the one we watched is 98, but yeah. Well, no, I know, but the original. Yeah. And I think it's very, very cool. And I was looking through it and the poems are the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing. One of the cats says the line, can you sit on a broomstick? Could you ride on a broomstick to places far distant? Yeah, I just thought the performer looked like David Walliams. Sure. We learn what you need to do to be a jellical cat. Essentially, this is, you know, this is how we define what a jellical cat is. I mean, I'm left at the end of this song still not knowing what a jellical cat is, to be honest. So I guess if that's the point of this... A jellical cat? (laughs) If that's the point of this song, then this song fails. Sure. I tell you exactly what a jellical cat is. Well, we learn that jellicals can and jellicals do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's pretty, like, impressive. If they yeah. can, they do. That's what I need to know about a jellical. Mm-hmm. I yeah, re- I mean, the point is that all of the things they listed before. Yeah. So, are you blind when you're born? Can you see in the dark? Can you ride on a broomstick? Would you look at a queen and sit on her throne? Okay, but like, there's another song later on, and I wrote the note. It kind of actually contradicts what it is to be a jellical cat. But the point is, jellicals will do all of those things because they can. Yeah, and they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another one of those shows where I think we think about things too hard on this show. Somebody has to. <laughs> yeah. I really like it when they're on mass and they're all different levels. Mm-hmm. And it is just like cats wailing. And I guess that's kind of the point. It's so great, isn't it? Yeah. Like you can imagine, like if you were a human, you'd be like, oh, shut up, you silly cats. Yeah. With the boot getting thrown in. Yeah. To shut them up. Tugger looks like Bowie. Yeah. So at this point, all of the actors are on stage, including all of the big named cat characters. So Elaine Page is in this scene. And the actor that plays Gus. I was going to say, I did not see Gus. Yeah, and the actor who plays the Tugger. However, they're missing key aspects of their costume and of their makeup to make them look more like the ensemble cats. But then I still knew it was Tugger. Yeah, he's the one that's the clearest. I don't know why they bother not putting his Tugger rough on him because he just is the Tugger minus that. Whereas, like, Gus has young cat makeup on and Elaine Page has young cat makeup on. Yes. To make them just and she look doesn't like have, ensemble. like, the curly Grizabella wig. Yeah, they've just got other cat wigs. But I on. like that. It's a very much an ensemble piece. Yeah, but they don't... You can't disguise the tugger well enough. No. To... There's a bit when they all pounce forward. Mm-hmm. And I reckon that if I was in the theatre, I'd have actually jumped when I'm they sure pounced you would forward. Have. That would have been hilarious. But they mention at the end of the song that mm. there's a man who hasn't heard of Jellicle Cats. Yeah. Hello, I'm that man. <laughs> there's a man over there with a look of surprise. Spotlight on me. Yeah. <laughs> that would be such a cool little thing to do in the theatre is just you point at just a random seat with a spotlight. There's a man over there mm-hmm. with fear in his eyes. <laughs> He's coming on stage Hello. to metamorphize. And then we're going to the naming of cats. Yes. And we learn that all cats have three names. Mm-hmm. A sensible name. Well, family name. Yeah, a sensible yeah. name. Their cat name, mm-hmm. which is... Monkey Strap or yeah. Corrigapat or Bomb Ballerina or Jelly Roll. Yeah, the names they have in this show. Yeah. And then they have a personal name that no one else knows. Mm-hmm. So which of the names is Tugger's real name? Is it Rum, is it Tum or Tugger? 
So in the song, The Naming of Cats, we are told that some of the cats in the show are going by their family names. Yes. Like Victoria, Alonzo, like fancy ones, Plato, Admetus, Electra and Demeter. Those are all the cats in Cats. Yes. Then we're told about the, the particular cat name, which only belongs to one cat. So Monk and Strap, Coracopat, Bombal, Urina and Jelly Lauren. Those are all also cats. So some of them are just called by their person names. Yes. And then they have their like secret name. Their tribal so name. So I reckon Tugger is actually called like Cuddles or something by his humans. And Whiskers. Yeah, something really terrible. <laughs> and that. That or he was called Elvis and he like morphed his persona. Mm. I just like the idea that we had a cat. You know, because we, we joked about cat names and I would say, well, I want Rumpel Teaser. Yeah. Because, like, I could call it Rumpel and it's also Rumpel Siltskin. Yeah. But that would be his family name, therefore mm-hmm. his sensible name. So his cat name would have to be even more stupid than Rumpel Teaser. Well, they're supposed to be dignified and particular. Yes. Yeah. This show is only going to work at this point. And it is only working because all of the actors are 200% committed to their cattery. Yep. And it's incredible to watch. Like, this show is stupid. Oh, 100%. But you have to suspend all But I mean that in the most respectful way possible. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it shouldn't work. And yet, throughout the two and a half hours, they are so committed and so enrolled that... I feel like I'm watching cats. It's funny how quickly you just get on board with it. Oh, yeah. It's like, cool, brilliant cats. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's possibly one of the failings of the film because they're so committed to making them look more like cats that the CGI and the digital fur actually lost some of that humanity and performance. Because all we're really seeing in a lot of them was just the faces. I thought this would be sillier. The other thing I think with the film is that they started to fall a little bit more into the we're making fun of this territory. Yeah. Which was not a good idea. Yeah, we're not going to... At some point we'll talk about the the film. Yeah, I'm going to try not to talk more about the film. Mm -hmm. Unless there's a really good comparison that I can make here. Yeah. And that's just one I noticed is I think we've actually got actors that we can see every part of them committing. Mm-hmm. So we learned that the reason why cats sit and stare into space is because they're contemplating their true name. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And we go to the invitation and I think this is where we arrived when we saw it at the cinema. Yeah. Because I remember seeing Victoria's dance mm-hmm. and it's very pure. It's very new. And it feels like the discovery of the world and like testing her limits. Like this might be the first time she's been allowed out the house. So Victoria is a kitten. Yes. There's there's like a list. All the cats are broken down into there's Toms, which are the adult men. There's the Queens, which is the adult women. And then there's kittens, which is... Uh, a lot of them. Jemima and Miss Mistopheles and a lot of yeah. the, the other ones. But Victoria, I believe, is like on the cusp of being a queen. So yeah. yeah, this is probably her first dance. Yeah, it's There's very a... new. Like when you watch it, it feels really like easy to kind of interpret as her first dance. Yeah, there's a lot of lore into what a lot of this stuff means. And like 
is it a mating dance or is it just... it feels like a mating dance later <laughs> We'll talk about it when we get there. Yes. We meet Mr. Mistopheles and he takes an instant like to her. And I like his flourish. Mm -hmm. It's very magical. Excellent. And yeah, this is exposition time. Jellical cats meet once a year for the jellical choice where we will kill a cat. No, the jellical ball where we all rejoice. Yes, but they will kill kill a a cat. cat. Yeah. To make what is known the jellical choice wonders for one jellical only who will it be yes jellicals ask because jellicals dare yes who will it be and then we go to the old gumby cats yes we meet we the do. first of our nominees for tonight's death one of my favorite jokes in this whole show is that monkey strap sings i have a gumby cat in mind and mr mistopheles thinks he's talking about him so he stands there and is ready to sing about himself and then realises, no, we're not talking about you. <laughs> it's one of my favourite like recurring jokes in this show is like, Mr. Mistopheles is so ready to just perform. Yeah. And it's almost like each of these songs could be it's about I'm ready, him. I'm ready, I'm ready. We've got a black and white cat up next. It's Buster for Jones. It's not Mr. Mistopheles. You know, like it's a running yeah. joke and it works. So we meet Jenny Any Dots. Mm-hmm. And the costume is so much fun. Isn't it so nice? The way that she's hidden in the car boot and it just opens up and she's like mm. there on her sides it's like well hello in her giant fluffy yes. cat dressing gown yeah and the way it like bounces with the music as well the mouse costumes the cockroach mm-hmm. costumes are phenomenal here what is a gumby cat it's a fat cat i mean yeah basically it's like yeah. a, a house cat that just like hunts for rats and it's supposed to keep the house tidy Kind of. So in the lyrics of the song, it's that she sits and sits and sits and sits. And that's what makes Gumby Cat. Is that is the kind of house cat that sits around and does nothing. Yeah. So I liked that she seems like an older cat. It's mm-hmm. essentially if Mrs. Potts was turned into a cat instead of a teapot. 100%, yes. There's a lot of like the inanimate objects in Beauty and the Beast. If the curse had been, turn them into cats. Yeah. Mrs. Potts would have become an old Gumby cat. Mm-hmm. And it makes more sense when she tears like her skin off because it's a disguise. She's trying to show she's like this old fat cat to her owners. Yep. When actually she's not. Mm-hmm. She's still got a lot of life in her. She feels like a flapper girl. Yeah. So I this costume change is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. But, so they say that she's gonna. She works with the mice to try and get them to behave, and the cockroaches. We have this incredible transformation from her big Gumby cat dressing gown into a flapper dress leotard that is just amazing. And it's just the best tap dance ever. Yeah. I'm obsessed with specifically with dance musicals because I could never do this. No. I definitely don't have the stamina. And anyone that can dance this well, it's just yeah. I'm in awe of. No, it's a really, really fun number. And, you know, like our, our ballot for sacrifice mm-hmm. is off to a really, really solid standard. Mm-hmm. Like, she has set the bar high, has Jenny any dots. Yeah, and Strap, who's the second in command, thinks it's going to be her, so... Yeah, because like, it's almost like your life is, you know, kind of not worth living. You've not really done much yet. You deserve a second shot at it. Mm-hmm. Or a third shot, we don't know. Well, here's my thing with cats, is that all of the cats that are introduced, with the exception of two, yeah. have 
clearly a really big lease on life and are enjoying their current lives. Yes. So why are they being introduced? Other than that, it's an honour. Perhaps they meet Threshold this year. They're just old enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is their debut ball. Like, Buster for Jones has clearly been here for, like, three or four years, like, petitioning to be, mm. like, kill me next. So that I can be thin. And each year he <laughs> gains more weight. It's kind of like Gus, but, you know, more comical and less tragic. Yeah. And he's going to just come until he's so big that, like, mm. listen, we've got we've to gotta put you on the, the, the magical ufo this year because next year it won't get off the ground because you'll be too big <laughs> that's so mean he's literally up against the clock yeah. this is the problem if they ever choose buster for jones and he's too big they'll be like oh damn we've got to choose a second genital boy yeah. instead sorry you're never going to get reborn buster for also with gumby cat yes i love the little trio of female cats who are her backup singers yeah. so it's bombal urina jelly lorem and demeter yeah and they're so funny no, it is really nice. And the ensemble is a lot better in the show. I don't get to know many of their names mm-hmm. because unless they're a named song cat, I don't really get to know their names. But it was nice to kind of see their presence more so. Yeah. We then meet Sex If Sex Was a Cat. Yeah. <laughs> is a curious cat. I will say my one thing about the movie version. Yeah. Is that I was so disappointed that they didn't have him say that meow right at the beginning of the song. <laughs> it's almost I like they're it. trying to be silly in the film so and they're like, yeah, that's too silly. That's too silly. No. No. Because the tugger appearing with his big ruff on, like yes. Elvis, and going, meow, is incredible. <laughs> yeah, so every single cat, except Mr. Mistopheles, is starstruck by mm-hmm. the tugger. Well, so we see that Jenny Eli- Any Dots and Jelly Lorem don't really care about him. But to they're a honest, bit too old for him. I, I don't remember seeing Jenny Any Dots again after her song ended. Do you not? Nope. She's in the whole rest of the she show. She probably is, but she should have put her fat suit back on so I could tell her apart from different cats. Yeah, well, so she goes off stage and comes back in a, yeah. a similar cat's leotard to the rest of them. That's exactly what the kind of issue is, though, with it. Is I don't then know who she is because mm. she's not... Well, she's one of the, the queens, basically. Yeah, but these named cats obviously are more important because we're dedicating three to four minutes for them. Yeah. You should make them stand out if they're staying on stage for the rest of the time. The issue is, costume-wise, she can't stay in her flapper dress. No, I know she can't. And she can't put the big dressing gown back on because then she can't keep up dance-wise with everyone else. But then she needs a concession to be made. She needs something in between, yeah. yeah. Val is basically the tugger. Yeah. I just love this. It's like, if I want this, you're going to give it to me. But, but I'm going to have something else, else instead. You yeah. can never please me. Mm-hmm. I just like that the characters time this. Because I really feel like you could model Rum Tum Tugger after anyone. Yeah. You know, in the 80s, for sure, this would be Elvis. And then in the 90s and the noughties, for sure, it could be Bowie. Mm-hmm. You will be able to find a different rock star a different pop star for any era yeah of the tugger and it's such a timeless character mm-hmm. and it's like a really nice like celebrity culture type thing i've seen a lot of different takes on the tugger with like update versions of him yeah i only like 
this one. That's fair. this Elvis version of the tugger with the big rock. I don't think he was Elvis though. I do think he was. He well, was... Elvis esque. Yeah. The cats all purr in delight at his thrusts. Yeah. It's so. All the kittens like, are obsessed with him. Yeah, he's catnip. Yep. And it's just. A lot of fun. And it's a very different song. But he's, song. like, weirdly sexy. Yeah, but, like, what I like is that this song fits him. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to have... I, I criticised it with Joseph yeah. for our first episode that I'd rather have a musical where, stylistically, it was the same. Yep. I like that the style changes here depending on the cat. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool because it just adds to their personalities. The difference is... Joseph, every single song was different. Yeah. This is Kat's personalities in their own songs are different. Yeah. But we have an undercurrent that's the same all the way through the Exactly. Show. And I think that makes it fit better. Definitely. It pulls it together more. Yeah. And it just, I really liked it. Like, you got a clear sense of who mm. this cat was. And like you say, Mr. Mistopheles has no time for any of his behavior. No. Because we have the Rum Chum Tugger, who's a terrible bore. Yes. Because he's pulling all of the limelight with <laughs> Mistopheles. People really ship these two. I know, you were telling me. It's quite funny. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I need to show you the Broadway.com behind the scenes series where you, Tyler Haynes. You have is already. The I know, but I need to rewatch it because I love him. But it's so interesting to watch them rehearse and watch the way that they've cast it. In that version, it's the Broadway 2018 cast, I think. But everyone they cast just seems to be the character they were cast Mm. as in real life. It's kind of amazing. So, Rum Tum Tugger does Mm. not like being interrupted, especially for Grizabella the Glamour Cat. No, he's not pleased. And the cats don't care for Elaine Page on Sunday. No, it's a shame. We love you, Elaine. (laughs) One of the best things is that she makes her entrance from a radio. Yeah, she does. And the radio, she makes a noise as if she's in the radio and then steps down. And I just think that's funny. Mm -hmm. She really does look far more haggard than the other cats. She's a lot older than them. Yeah, you can tell she's been through the ringer. Yeah. It's suggested that she. Hung out at many a low resort. Yes. I was going to ask, why don't they like her? Because she is a cautionary tale, it seems. They're keeping the kittens away from her. The kittens are very interested because, mm-hmm. like, do they know her by name? Like, oh my God, it's Grisabella. Yeah. And therefore they're really, like, drawn to her. But obviously something's happened because they're trying to keep the kittens away so they don't emulate her style. Mm-hmm. Her voice is just nectar, though. Oh, Elaine Page is amazing. Such a gorgeous voice. And I really liked this song. I think really nice, simple song to introduce us to Grizabella and kind of her world. Oh, yeah, for sure. So from here we go to Buster for Jones. Yes. We very quickly get Grizabella off the stage. Yeah, but I think that's the point is like she's almost trying to crash the party and they're trying well, to do everything they can to get her away from it. Yeah. So up to this point, she she is a jellical cat. Yes. However, she's fallen out of favour and fallen out of sort of their world because she hangs out in the seedier parts of London. Yeah. And they're not into it. Basically, yeah, she, the rest of them are snobs. Yeah. Well, she's either in their 
different territory with mm-hmm. another band of cats and they're yeah, like so betrayed. They mention in the song that she hangs out near no man's land. Yeah. Which is the space between two jellical tribes or two tribes of cats. Sorry. Yeah. And therefore it's like, well, she could be fraternizing with the enemy. Yeah. Which is different to how it was represented in the film. I, with the film, did not understand why they didn't like her. There was no reason for it. The, they tried to add plot, I think, that she had been with She's like falling McCavity. in McCavity, yeah. So I, I was kind of expecting, I was quite surprised that there was no concrete reason given here. So well, like, so they, they mentioned that she was essentially a sex worker. Okay. But it's in, in so many words. Yeah. And it's only through that line about she haunted many a low resort by, by the seedy end of Tottenham Court. Which is essentially the sort of red light district, is okay. what they're trying to say. But it's obviously not clear enough because this is a family friendly show. Yeah. But then you sort of lose value, and it just seems like they're just being mean because she's a bit grubby old. Yeah. And old. Yeah. We meet Buster for Jones, and he seemingly is more serious and refined yes. than I have seen him before. He is serious and no, refined. No, he's not. Yes, he, he is. He's a comedic character. <laughs> He's not a serious character. He thinks he's a serious no. character. And I appreciate it. Yeah. But I think that's something you've always said to me in the past is that he should be dealt with more seriously. So I was very intrigued to see how he was represented. So what I mean by that is that Buster Jones himself, in himself, thinks that he is a fellow of great report and thinks that he deserves all this respect. And he gets respect from everyone. Because they say how much they enjoy being nodded or bowed to by him. Yes. But to everyone else, he's kind of a joke. But he himself should be being serious. And I love the way that he's depicted in this and that he, everything, he's joining in with all their jokes and everything, but he's very proud of himself. Yeah. He looks like Rattigan. He's great. <laughs> from Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. And I really thought that when he was going to sit down on this hat, it was just going to break as he sat down. Mm-hmm. I love when he leans back and he just keeps going and going and going and they have to catch him to push well, him Well, that happens in a moment, but I was going to say, that is where it's very clear he's not a serious character. Yeah. Especially because of the way the actor wobbles his legs and arms. Mm-hmm. He loses all the gravitas that he has at the start of the song. You know, his voice matches his gait, his posture and the costume brilliantly. Like, he really is walking around like he's a serious fellow. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to get up. Yep. <laughs> and fails. to lift him. I like his neckerchief that's yeah. fish bones. Mm-hmm. I think that he is Winston Churchill if Winston Churchill was a cat. Excellent. Which is very funny. This would be Cogsworth. Mm-hmm. So we've met Mrs. Potts. We've met Lumiere. Because Lumiere <laughs> would be the tugger. Yeah, he would. And now we've met Cogsworth. Yeah, he does become silly mm-hmm. when he tries to get off the hat and then he ends with Toodle Pip. Yeah, he's I, a silly dude. Yeah. I just love this idea that all of these posh clubs in London think that they have this cat. Yeah. But that he'll, depending on who's serving what, he's six dinner Sid, yeah. basically. And he'll well, just, he has eight or nine clubs. Yeah. So he'll just go to whichever one's serving the best food. I forgot how much I liked that this was just kind of montage that we drop in and out of different characters. Mm-hmm. So we've got three possible sacrifices. Yes. And we hear sirens. Yeah. The alarm around the junkyard goes off. Yes. 
and we think it's McCavity who is wanted for everything. Demeter thinks it's McCavity because yeah. she's obsessed with her. But that's what we're supposed to believe yeah. at this point. But instead we get Mungo, Jerry mm-hmm. and Rum. Teaser. Yes. So this is where, you know, in the credits where it says that the two actors playing Munger Joe and Rumpelteaser didn't sing for Munger Joe and Rumpelteaser. Yes. It was the weird laugh. Yeah. So the actors that are in it do actually sing their own lines. They sing the whole song. It's Drew Varley and Joe Gibb. The only thing that they don't do and they get dubbed in for is the laughing and the shushing at the beginning of this song because they couldn't do it. So they just got somebody to record some giggling, some really high-pitched So giggling. what would they have done on the night? Well, it's pre-recorded. Fair. And then when they climb onto the stage, they take over. That's great. Yeah, I really love their voices. I love their synchronised movements. I think that they look like Noel Fielding and Kristen Wiig. Sure. Which I think was funny. And their dynamic is great. And mm-hmm. I think it's second only to Tugger at this point for like good cat interplay. Yeah. Because we've had a lot of cats just strutting about and being their own thing. Mm-hmm. And with Tugger, we obviously saw him interacting and thrusting in the, the Queen's directions. Yep. But with these two, it's kind of like they're playful with each other. Mm-hmm. Like they feel still very much that they are kittens and just enjoy mischief. They, in my opinion, they're twins. Yes. They're twin cats. However, we don't know. They could be partners or, you know, there's a lot of speculation with this show because we don't actually know. No, they definitely feel like there's a sibling thing. That's what I think. But I just love that they pretend to be all posh and Rumpelteaser's wearing a pearl collar because it is a collar necklace. But they're actually their proper cockney geezers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) One of my favourite bits is where they do this windmill move across yeah. the stage it's just amazing mm-hmm. i would cheer so hard for that wouldn't you absolutely kill to be able to do that yeah and we learned that they made the siren go off not macavity mm-hmm. but the reason they made it go off is because they knew everyone would assume it was macavity and clear out so that they can take their swag bags back to their den yeah which is in the junkyard are they jellical cats yes okay I guess you have to be a jellical cat to be in this territory or else they would have literally just been killed Mm -hmm. and not in the way that these cats want to be killed. No. No, you wouldn't be welcome there if you weren't a jellical. Yes. We now meet old Deuteronomy. Yes. And this is a very elegant and respectful song and I think it works. Like you feel like there's something important and ceremonial here. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is, if old Deuteronomy is so old... Yeah. Why is he not eligible for rebirth? I think he's used all nine of his lives. Is that the point is? So obviously cats have nine lives and we're like, okay, well, I'm at life number seven now. So, you know, yeah, I don't want to die anymore. And old Deuteronomy is life number nine. So if he goes up to the great cat heaven, there's no rebirth. I think, I guess. I mean, it's hard to know really with cats. So who was the second a monkey strap. So is monkey strap also like eight life? Do you know what I mean? So well, monkey strap's quite young. Exactly, but then old Deuteronomy must have been young at the start of life nine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I think he looks like Aslan. He looks great. His costume's amazing. Yeah, 
and even tuggers like refrained as the occasion calls for it which i think is really nice that mm-hmm. instead of tugger being all like hey ladies he defers to yeah. old deuteronomy yeah. it shows how important and respected old d is mm-hmm. and also the actors that play manka strap and ramton tugger sound amazing singing yeah. together so i couldn't recognize jenny any dots at this point mm-hmm. i also couldn't recognize buster for jones so if their actors came on again, I had no idea. But we don't see them with the same kind of, hey, it's Jenny Any Dots. Hey, Bustafa. They're not like named again or referred to. Yeah. I could pick up. They just go. So I guess the film had to write in the stakes from McCavity and they added more detail to the whole McCavity plotline, mm-hmm. which interesting. I am curious, though, is this coat removable and made of his fur? We'll find out as as the show progresses, I hope. Oh, you're talking about the The Judy Dench skin, yeah. Because he was in Jellicle Songs at the beginning. Yes. Yeah, but without the great Deuteronomy coat. He's going to lose his coat again. You think? No, he does. Does he? And it's really weird. Okay. I I paid close attention. (laughs) It was my, my, my key question I wanted to know. Do you know a fun fact? Sure. I have owned costumes of two of the cats from this show previously, and I won a prize for both of them. Nice. Uh, was Old Deuteronomy one of them? No. Okay, who was it? I had a Mungo Jerry costume yep. and a Mr. Mistopheles costume. Cool. I could okay. see you as Mr. Mistopheles. Thank you. Okay, I really dislike the next song. What? Peaks and Pollicles. <laughs> the Battle of the Peaks and the Pollicles. What is a pollicle? So, the words jellicle and the word pollicle come from the same place, which is that T.S. Eliot had a niece who could not say dear little cat or poor little dog properly. So, pollicle is poor little dog and jellicle is dear little cat. Okay. And so, he turned them into jellicle and pollicle. So, it's cats versus dogs. No. Okay. The peak. You know what a peak is? A peak is a Pekingese dog. I had no idea, no. <laughs> There's a Pekingese dog versus the Pollicle dogs, which is just a, a made-up breed of dog for poor little dog. And they don't like each other, and they get very angry, and they bark. Yes, because I saw that they were mocking dogs because they had, yeah. like, dog cosplays. Yeah, this is just, let's take the mick out of some dogs for a minute and then talk about the great rumpus cat. It was I... like a mythical, legendary cat. Okay, I could have just cut this. We don't need it, mm, personally. This is a... I, you know, the rhythm is great, and there is some really nice alliteration. Mm. You know, I'm not a big fan of T.S. Eliot, but I will say this, there is some good alliteration. Yeah. You know, and the cats are making, like, Wayne Brady from last week and turning trash into treasure, which mm. I liked. Hilariously, one of the d- cats is... His dog costume is an Adidas shoebox, which means that in the credits of this film, they have to say that Adidas is in no way affiliated with Which was my next question, because we also see Doc Martens branding. Mm -hmm. But they don't have to say it about Doc Martens. Why not? Because Doc Martens have changed their branding since then. Ah, But Adidas have kept the same. So this is the thing. I was kind of like shocked when I saw it, because... The costumes or the branding? The branding. Oh. 
I thought for sure they'd have made it the same, but slight difference. They'd be like, Dak. Dog, Dog Martin. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just change one letter. Would. But the point is, it's British. We're supposed to recognise it. Yes. And I'm sure that in American versions, it's replaced by a more... I doubt it, because it's set in London. Presumably, yeah, they just keep is. the same thing. Yeah. Especially if the set designers had you know, the the same thing with the car all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, 100% they're just keeping the same... Yeah, that's true. Ironically, recycling the same trash. <laughs> we do meet the great rumpus cat. Yeah. Catman. Catman! Yes. The great rumpus cat is great. His costume is completely disgusting and ugly, and yeah. I hate it. But I think it's really funny as a concept. It's a co- funny concept, but like you say, very jarring and... Yeah, he's a hairless cat. Yeah. Except for his head, where he has the wig that moves, which is so cool. Oh, yeah, that. And the way he hisses was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, kind of skippable song. Like, I don't need no, this. Fuck, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I feel like it served nothing. It's not even like there's much plot in this show. I think it's just them telling a story for old Deuteronomy. Yeah. It's like, here's what you missed. Don't need it though. We go to the Jellicle Ball. Mm-hmm. And ominous music stops the fun. Yep. We see Victoria again. I'm like, oh, we've barely seen Victoria. Mm. I thought she was a bigger character. No. I know. Super interesting. Very interesting. Victoria is the ballet cat and she does not. Well, she sings, obviously, as part of the chorus. Yeah. She doesn't have a solo song. No, I guess... Because just, she's a dancer. Yeah, just thought it was very interesting, because... Think now, back yeah. to before the movie came out, and I was like, wow, they've cast an actual ballerina to play Victoria. That's so cool. They must be making her a slightly bigger character. Mm. I didn't think she was going to be the lead. Yeah, it's very, very weird. Jellicles come to the Jellicle Ball. That sounds very cultish. Mm-hmm. And they say how Jellicle cats are black or white. Black and white. No, black or white. So if that's the case, why do we have Jenny Any Dots, Rum Tum Tugger, Rumple Teaser, Mungo Jerry there? Because they're not black or white. They should not be eligible to be Jellicle cats. Okay, but they also say that there are other colours too. No, they don't. I listened. They only say... Jellicle cats are black or white. Okay, that's fair. So, I'm now more confused than I ever was before. What is a Jellicle cat? I think you only have to fulfil a certain amount of these things. But can you see why I'm confused? Yeah. So Jellicle cats are black and white, are rather small, are merry and bright, pleasant to hear when they caterwaul. Which caterwaul is a great pun. Incredible. Mm-hmm. They have cheerful faces, bright black eyes. They develop slowly. They're not too big. And they like to dance. And they wash behind their ears and they dry between their toes. Okay, but... <laughs> which I love as a... But we've missed the most important eligibility criteria is that they are black or white. Mm. And quite a few of the key figures we have met thus far... The, I would say the vast majority. I think there are only two cats that are black and white. Yeah, Buster for Jones. And Mr. Mustafa. Yes. Even McCavity's not. I know. So this is not a Jellicle Ball. Old Deuteronomy is not black and white. (laughs) Yes, this is not a Jellicle Ball. This is a farce. (laughs) 
It is a lie. I think it's just like... There is no cat's heaven. This is a cult and they're just killing for fun. <laughs> You're killing my fun. <laughs> you just love the fact that I've just been proven right. And you I do. Don't like I appreciate it. it to the point that that you paid this much attention. Yep. The tempo increases and it does become very, very sinister. Mm -hmm. But the choreography is so gorgeous. Like they're synchronized to perfection. I can't believe this didn't get a Tony for best choreography. Like that's just... And it's amazing, isn't it? I, just, I mean, that's a con. Mm -hmm. If ever there was one. It's more of a con than this being called a Jellicle Ball. Mm -hmm. They're all dancing. I felt like it was the snowman dancing at the North Pole. With Santa, oh, with the, yeah. yeah. Did, I never told you that I actually saw that live. There was a stage show of it. It's all in mine. And they have a dance-off between him and Jack Frost. That's completely horrifying. It was. And Jack Frost had a very stuffed crotch and was thrusting... Like a codpiece. Yeah, yeah, and was thrusting into the audience, which is primarily filled with, like, five- or six-year-olds. And was it was it hilarious. The, the blue Jack Frost? Yeah. Where he's, like, completely blue mm, with spiky hair? Very weird. That's really weird. But yeah, that's kind of like what the vibe was here. Uh, Bomble Lena. Bombalurina. There I go. Bombalurina yeah. is the second sexiest of cats. Very close second to Rum Tum Tugger. What are you basing that on? I don't know. The way she moves. <laughs> no, I thought, <laughs> I thought you meant character wise, not no. just that you found her hot. It's just my. <laughs> Just an observation, Drew. Who's the second? Who's the first? Tugger. All right, okay. <laughs> Who, who's your sexiest cat? The Tugger. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, no, I was checking. It's a, but it's a close second. Is Bombalurina is like a very sure. close second, but like mm -hmm. it's the way she moves. Like she's got these like sexy. Oh, she's kind incredible. Of, she's a really good yeah partner. dance moves. I really like the ballet sequence here to old deuteronomy's theme like we've kind of got each kind of song represented yeah and yeah they're all dancing around him and he's looking at them is he trying to decide who to kill eeny meeny miny mo because they're all dancing old deuteronomy's just stood there i think it's more that he's acknowledging them yeah yeah because if you look at the number of cats that there are the vast majority of them aren't putting themselves forward for this no so he's just acknowledging yeah. his children the dance that Victoria does feels less innocent now and definitely feels more like a cat orgy. Mm -hmm. Sure. But wait. They sense a lage pain. But wait. <laughs> <Lage> pain. <laughs> but wait. They sense a lane page coming. And again, it's out the radio. Yeah, she appears behind the radio again. And then we get the kind of music that made me think of Little Shop, Little Shop of Horror, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, I can kind of hear that. Yep. The orchestration is amazing, and it does mm. feel really, really epic. Like, it builds, and it does feel like this really amazing experience. And what I like is that everyone's dancing, but the tugger is sat, like, behind old Deuteronomy on his throne and it's kind of he's like, like he's gassed yeah. yeah but he's kind of like I don't really want to die I just wanted to perform to these people don't kill me I'm just a show off he's like yeah, yeah exactly like he's he's like worm tongue in Lord of the Rings you know like secretly whispering Ew. no but okay he's not a villain but like whispering and like 
you should totally kill this cat instead of me because like mm. I've got so much left to live for. The tug is like the kind of person that could go to any party, yeah, not know anyone there, and then be best friends with the host in like ten minutes. Yeah. And that's basically what he's doing here. We have a little bit of a disagreement here. Sure. Because I said to you, this should be the end of Act One. We've had this big kind of dance, and we end with a dum da dum da dum da dum. And I thought it should end with that and then black out. Yeah. And it's not. And I get why we have the next song before Mm -hmm. Act One ends. But I feel like this builds to a really good crescendo of just curtains, blackout. Yeah, because the end of this song is the rising crescendo and then it's dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And it feels like there should be a curtain drop there. And I know what you mean, but we have to end on memory. Yeah, and I do like ending with memory, but I think you've got two very good endings to act one right after each other. Yeah. So they're still spurning Grizzy B. Yep. And, you know, we get a slight reprise of Grizzy B, the glamour cat. Mm-hmm. And one cat is mocking her to Victoria. And then we go into memory prelude. Yes. And... The way she dances like a veteran athlete is so cool. It's almost like they're proving to us that I still got this. Yeah. I can still do this. And she knows the dance that they're doing. Yeah. And she's trying, but obviously is in pain trying to do it. Yeah. And it just... I think it's just really sad because old Deuteronomy sits and watches her. Yeah. And is like... Well, he's the only one left on stage at this point because everyone's gone. And she's always just trying to prove to herself that she still can hang with the younger ones mm, and she doesn't know that he's there i would say that I, I laughed a little bit when the song started because it sounded like a demo you'd get on a kid's keyboard mm-hmm. it just made me laugh because like the way it was was performed but yeah this song just wow it's not even the best version of it no i know but like <laughs> i tell you what 2019 stood no chance no i don't think Anybody else stood a chance. No. I am completely obsessed with Elaine Page. You can see why it's iconic. Mm-hmm. Because Elaine Page nailed it. Yep. And she is the queen for a reason. Yep. I just I loved love it. That. Like, I just sat and I just enjoyed watching her. I got goosebumps. I very rarely get goosebumps when I'm watching something. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm there, I don't always feel the emotion of it. Felt the emotion here. And like the way she starts to compose herself at the end and she just leaves, and old Deuteronomy reaches out for her is so tragic. He's already made up his choice. Yeah, he knows at that point. However, he needs the rest of them to accept her as Jellicle so that he can make that choice. Yeah. And it just, yeah, end of act one. And you're right that this is a just as good an ending. Hmm. It's important, but it's it a shame that the Jellicle will builds to such a great ending. Exactly. Because then it feels like it dampens memory. It's almost like we should have had memory instead of peaks and pollicles. And then mm. old Deuteronomy reaches out for her. She leaves. But then all the other cats come back like, oh, good. She's and they're like, gone. quick, we'd better entertain him because he had to endure listening to Yeah, her. exactly. Because mm. then we get memory before. You're right. Memory has to be in act one because we can't have two memories in act two. No. But I just... Because no, we would then have three memories in act two. Yeah, exactly. I just... I love the ending of, of building up. Yeah, it sounds good. So, interval. And we come back 
to moments of happiness and we meet Gus. Yeah. And he looks ready to die. <laughs> Poor old boy. Yeah, he can't walk unassisted. He looks so tired and he is just so cute and sweet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the way they use all the stage in this is really lovely. Yep. Gus is just kind of like there, ready to pitch his sacrifice mm-hmm. to old Deuteronomy. And Jemima the kitten sings memory. Yes. At least I thought she looked like a kitten. She is. So yeah. Jemima is one of the kitten cats. She is so interesting. Yeah. Because she's never on stage with Grizabella yes. when Grizabella sings. And she her only interaction with Grizabella is right before Grizabella the glamour cat, where she goes to touch her and the older cats make her leave. Yeah. And then she's not on stage for that song. Mm. And then she's not on stage for memory. And then she just knows this That's song. what I was going to ask, is because everyone joins in. When mm. she starts singing it, all the other Jellicles join in. Would they if they knew this was Grizabella's no. song? The only reason they're joining in is because they think that this is Jemima's song. Yeah. That's why they're singing with her. So where has she got this song from? Exactly. Was it just by, like, breathing the same air no i think it's a like she truly understands it or her and because she's a kitten she's a new kitten too but this, so maybe this kitten knew each other maybe previously. this kitten still hasn't got a soul and maybe when no Isabella dies her soul will just go into jemima. jemima no i think she is a new she was whoever the last cat was but oh, yeah, she's... she and Grizabella knew each other previously and, she and just... now she just happens to hold on to that remnant of she it. She has some memories, would mm-hmm. you say, then? Yes. Again, one of my problems with the movie version is that we established that Victoria is a Jellicle cat reincarnated and that she has memories of Grizabella. Yeah. But that she doesn't actually know where she comes from. Yeah. And we're just not going to talk about it. So, Gus shakes forward. Mm. And essentially, we're about to get, please just kill me already. Oh, I love him. Oh, this just feels so much crueler that they choose Grizabella over Gus. I know, right? Because Gus is the sweetest old little cat. Mm-hmm. But every other cat can still move and can still be a cat. And you've got poor little Gus, just like old, frail, doesn't really look like he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And in here lies the issue with this version which is that for some reason they didn't include Growl Tiger's last stand. Yes. Because your whole issue with Gus goes out the window with the inclusion of Growl Tiger's last stand. Yeah. Because normally what happens is that Gus plays Growl Tiger and he throws off his Gus, like old Gus coat. And he's like, he's still got it. Growl Tiger, the pirate cat. Yes. And is bounding around the stage showing that he's amazing. But they just didn't do it in this version. No, so this is it. We get the line, he isn't the cat that he was in his prime. Yeah. You know, he couldn't even sing his own song at this point. He's so weak and feeble. And you also get the sense with this version that he's blind. Yeah. Because he can't really see his way around the stage. And his voice... It's really sad. His voice is so cracked... Yeah. I want justice for Gus. Justice. I want Gustus. 
Now, I think that this is a running joke for old Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes to wheel Gus out yearly just to be like, it's your year. And then he's like, lol, no. Well, no. It's just Deuteronomy's trolling Gus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Gus should be the cat that dies. He needed it most. Yeah. Elaine Page can die next She year. can wait a year. She'd be fine. Yeah, poor Gus has got no quality It's of almost life. worse that they all accept her at the end and then she instantly dies because, like... If she'd have just been accepted for a year and loved for a year, yeah. she probably wouldn't have wanted to no, die. I know. Whereas Gus has had a nice long life. So sweet. He's, yeah, bless him. He's so cute. And I absolutely adored Gus. This song used to make me cry a yeah. lot as a child. I would name a cat asparagus just based on this performance. It's so cute, isn't Like, it? I would give a cat this name because of how good this sequence is. Mm-hmm. The projections, like the weird CGI of ghosts of gus's past it's really cool yeah you know i liked that he says these modern productions are all very well but there's nothing to equal from what i hear tell yeah if only tom hooper had listened to that lyric Mm -hmm. (laughs) and him crying at the end is heartbreaking it's really sad and you're right had we got him shedding Mm -hmm. this facade and being the pirate cat all my criticism would be gone. Because, yeah, like, because he's... what's supposed to happen yeah. is that he gets upset thinking about it and then you hear the growl tiger theme and it's all like parts of the Caribbean and and it's like violins and yeah. stuff and it's so nice and then he becomes this pirate and there is a version where they have a pirate ship that yes. appears on the stage and they, it, you're like, oh, okay, cool, he's fine. Mm. Like, give him his moment to be a pirate and he's fine. Yeah, and you're left at that thinking, great, okay, he has still got life in him yet. Mm-hmm. The problem is it also has repercussions for the next song, yep. which is one of my favourite songs, mm-hmm. which is Skimble Shanks. <laughs> because Skimble Shanks interrupts him crying. Yes, and I love this song, Yep. but it doesn't feel right here mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, we've had the sad bit. Let's go back to being triumphant. Yep. Let's have a song about trains. Yep. I adore this song. Isn't his costume so great? Yeah. Skimble and I, Shanks, I have seen that gif of like Skimble Shanks looking at and rainbowing. Yeah. And I can't for the life of me find it since. I oh, thought that was the tugger. Oh. And the fact that it's Skimble Shanks is even better. <laughs> Skimble is my favourite cat. Yeah. I love Skimble Shanks. But the problem is, we've gone from sad to jolly and it's very jarring. Mm-hmm. And I think because Gus is kind of just like left on the back burner, like again, like old Deuteron's like, you've yeah, had enough of they, my time, you haven't convinced me this year, maybe next year. They have to get him off stage as well. Yeah. And he's still, because he's obviously in character, he can't move any faster than that. Yeah. Because what it's supposed to do is, you know, sad Gus song triumphant growl tiger because it's yeah. growl tiger's last stand yes and then skimble shanks yeah fine and we're back and we're jolly and it's fine i think this is my favorite cat song mm-hmm. i'm not surprised i love that he looks like a conductor yep i love his knitted waistcoat and his elbow pads yep incredible you know i think i prefer the movie version of this song and i know you don't like me admitting that i hate it explain why though because I'm, it I'm, sounds like a train. I acknowledge 
that the tap dance break it's in the so film good. Is good. However, the performance of this and the staging. I'm not talking about the performance. I'm talking about the song. I'm talking about the soundtrack, like the orchestration, the sound of it. The music sounded better in the film, I think. Yeah, I don't care. I just, yeah, I still love this. I still absolutely adored this song. I love that it sounds like a train. I think that's a really clever choice for the song. Mm -hmm. And I think Andrew Lloyd Webber should never have attempted Starlight Express because he's already written the best train sequence that there will (laughs) ever be in a musical with Skimble Shanks. He's peaked. Mm -hmm. I love the bit where they make a train. This is just magical. I had so much fun watching it. I feel like I'm Bryn right now from Gavin and Stacey just saying I had a great time. I love that um, one of the kittens is sat right at the front with a big lamp yep. to be the front of the train. What I found really interesting is is that Skimbleshanks was the first cat to actually dance and interact with Old Deuteronomy. Yeah, because they're mates. Yeah, but you know that if Old Deuteronomy had already shown up before the Tugger, that... Oh, he'd have joined in. Tugger's yeah. going to have given him a lap dance on stage. Well, I mean... Old Deuteronomy is the parent of all the other cats. Yeah, well, he's still, their like, common ancestor. Yeah, but essentially, like, but yeah, he would have. The tug would have like done some sort of dance. This song was amazing. The whole sequence was great. Skimble was a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. I loved Skimble Shanks. He's so great. And we go to McCavity, the biscuit cat. Sure. Are you saying that because it looks like it says McVitie? Yes. I loved his design as well. Like, he looked terrifying. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that kind of surprised me is just, like, he hasn't got, like, a thread throughout the plot. No. Because obviously my experience is he's getting rid of the cats so that he's (laughs) the only one there. Yeah. I don't know. If I had these magical powers to appear and, like, disappear at will, I wouldn't want to die. Because who knows what, like, cat power I'm going to have in my next life. There's only two cats that can do magic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to risk losing that ability. Like, why would McCavity want to die? Mm-hmm. So, well, so here's the thing. Yeah. It's only suggested that McCavity can do magic. I know. We don't see it happen. No. The, and the only cat that can do magic is Mr. Mustafflees. Yes. And just sort of the lore around McCavity is so interesting because up to this point, he's had essentially the same introduction as Hannibal Lecter in The Science of the Lambs. We talked about him for like an hour, but we've not seen him yet. He's Voldemort. He he must not be named. Right? Except Demeter, who's obviously like in love with him. Oh yeah, 100%. And so there's this build up to this character and then just this epic song where they all, all the girls sing about him. But like specifically Demeter and Bombalina. What's very weird about this sequence is the fact that he still kidnaps old Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Because like that kind of goes nowhere. Like, what's the point of that? Is McCavity just like, I want to be king of the Jellicles? Yeah. Why not? I know, but my point is like it's just very jarring. It happens for no reason. Yeah. We love a villain that will just do things just because. Yeah. The cats love him. Yep. The two that are singing. I thought it was very weird because I then found out after we finished watching, that they were mother and daughter. Yes. Did not get that vibe. But it's very clear that McCavity has a different kind of sex appeal to mm-hmm. Run Tum Tugger. 
He's like the bad boy. Tug is like a safe choice. <laughs> yeah. But you know that, you know, when you bring the cavity home to meet your mum. No one will appreciate it. He's yeah. on a motorbike with like his leather jacket. Yeah. With his cigarettes. He's Danny Zuko. But no, like... no. It's the difference between Danny Zuko and the leader of the Scorpions. Yeah, but that's what I mean. He's that kind of like mm-hmm. the one that... Because you could take Danny Zuko home to meet your parents. You could... But you probably wouldn't get that far based on who he is around the rest of the T-Birds. Okay, but in Greece, she does mention that he has met her parents. Because she met him without meeting him around the T-Birds. Yeah. This does have... (laughs) How have we got into Greece lore now? This has like a really big Bond feeling of some of the better Bond films. Like this is... This is a James Bond number. A hundred percent. Like they could just... I I now really want to make it like a, a dub online of just a James Bond with that song intro with McCavity, McCavity. <laughs> it just, yeah, this feels awesome and epic. Just the moment where the the song is building and building. Yeah. And they sing the three McCavities in a row, but the last one, they literally like scream it. McCavity. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I loved it. Sorry to your ears listeners. Yeah. I really started to miss the applause from the audience at this point. Like, Yeah, there's a couple of times throughout this. Well, I guess now's a good time to talk about this. This is the movie version of Cats. I was going to talk about it at the end. But there's no... Yeah. It, this is obviously filmed... On a stage. Yeah. But, but there's no audience here because this isn't an actual cast of Cats. This is a combined cast Yeah, of Cats. it's like you said with Hamilton. They've brought back Elaine Page especially for this yeah and they've brought over the broadway mistopheles and the broadway tugger yeah amongst a couple of other characters and merged them with the uk cast so that we've got this sort of all-star cats as hannah montana says the best of both worlds yeah why not but you also can tell there's no audience from the close-ups and some of the shots on stage Mm -hmm. but you are missing moments of like big eruption of cheer. And like, this is a moment where you would, you know, if you were there in a sold out theater, yeah, the proceedings halt so that you can cheer. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was really interesting. They bring back old Deuteronomy right away. But oh, it's not him. By? Because McCavity skinned old Deuteronomy. Yeah, he has an old Deuteronomy costume. No, he has old Deuteronomy's coat. Oh. It's exactly the same similar thing to Judy Dench with like the the skin he is removable. He's he's got his coat on. So one of my favourite bits about this sequence is just like how much it feels like cats actually dueling. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a marvel that the choreography didn't win awards because it's so beautifully done. And it's so well done and it fits the purpose. Oh, yeah. The choreography of Monkey Strap and why have I forgotten his name? McCavity. We've just sung it a million times. Yeah. Um, their fight is so interesting, especially with the backhanding of each yes. other. Because you do see cats batting each other mm. like that. It's amazing. The only thing I dislike about this version, mm. and it's... It's the editor's fault. It's the director's fault, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it's the slow cuts. motion shots. Yeah. And it's just very jarring when you've got, like, 
them speaking full speed and you've got like slow motion or like do you know what i mean it, it was weird to watch mm-hmm. like you say this is cats the film but it's a theater show and to have slow motion like that is very jarring when you're watching a staged version yeah so i didn't like that choice and whoever made that choice i think it's a poor choice but it is what it is his exit's awesome yeah. Like when he finally leaves, it's just very cool. Oh, for sure. It's so good. They have kind of... I'd say they haven't built McCavity up in the way I was expecting. Yeah. Given, like, what it's in with Idris Elba. So I... It's just because we're not, with the stage show, as interested in... Plot. Yeah. Because there is an overarching plot. We understand why we're meeting all these characters, yeah. but... It's not important. No. And what I like about Cats is that it's very montage. Mm. And I'm I'm all for that. I think it's very, very interesting. And I enjoyed watching it. And it feels like an epic poem. Yeah. You know, it's stream of consciousness writing. That's what T.S. Eliot did. And it feels like a T.S. Eliot poem. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. And that's what it should be. It's just... You know, a shame that we didn't get maybe more mentions of McCavity before he finally shows up. Because I think we only get the one before Mongo, Jerry and Rumpel teaser. Uh, there's one before Grisabella as okay. well. Again, just to me to think. I, I quite like his name. Like, I don't want big plot because it's not needed. No. But can we just have more of his, his name being said like the boogeyman? Mm-hmm. I think that'd be interesting. Oh no, we have to find old Deuteronomy. Yeah, and all of the lights have gone out now. Yes. And just in this one little spotlight, who should appear but the tugger straight away? Yes. To be like, hey, you should ask my boyfriend. He mm-hmm. he can help you. So this <laughs> is the thing. He sings this. Yeah, he's Mr. Mistopheles' hype man. Yeah, which is interesting because Mr. Mistopheles mocked him during his song, but the tugger admires him yeah which but it comes awesome. across as like polite ribbing oh yeah because and, and and i've got the note here clearly all the girls lusting after rum tum tugger didn't realize that he was already taken yes indeed <sighs> taylor swift stole his entrance with like the presto and the magic oh yeah she does in the film yeah she's still right Okay. Oh, him coming down from the ceiling in his sparkly version of his costume. Because he's been dressed the same all the way through yep. the show. But now he has a version of it that has little sequins all over it so he can glitter. Do you want my most controversial statement of this episode now? I know what it's going to be. You prefer the Mr. Mistopheles in the film. I Yeah, I really do. No. <laughs> I know I'm nah. wrong. I know I'm wrong and I don't need Twitter to tell me why I'm wrong. Mm-hmm personal preference you like that he's not confident i quite liked it i thought it was really endearing that like he calls himself magical mr mistopheles but like he's not really that magical and he's not sure of himself because he's still a kitten and i quite the difference is in the film the magic that he's doing is more magical i know it is stuff he's doing in the stage i know it is but it's almost like he does it despite himself yeah, and like it's it. really, I thought it was really endearing because it's always like, always believe in yourself. No. I still really like this. For the record. 
I still really like this. I actively hate the way that Mr. Mistopheles is. I liked is... Baby Mistopheles. I thought it was really. I'm 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 happier that Tugger's here because mm-hmm. that's missing. Yeah, but he's just like a douche. This version of Mistopheles is just kind of like, look at me, I'm so great, and I do. He is so great. He makes a cat appear. Yeah, I just didn't like empathize with him or feel much for his character. I don't. I don't care. I love him. I, think I still amazing. think this is amazing, and it's really nice to see him being all in your face with how great he is, with his big magician smile and his synchronized dance with the tugger. This is Michael Scott if he was a cat. Mm-hmm. Sure. Smarmy and in your face about it. I love it. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying for a second it's a bad thing. However, personal preference, I liked this kind of awkward Mr. Mistopheles and everyone was like, no, you can do it. And singing, oh, well, I never... No, I to hate rally it. him. I thought it was cute. No, I hate it. I love that up to this point, the only people that we've seen the Tugger respect is old Deuteronomy. That's the only person yeah. he's actively shown respect to until this point. And yeah. then he's like, here's all these amazing things about this cat who's incredible and you should all really care about him. And you've all kind of been ignoring him this whole time. Yes, how but dare you he ignore can fix this. magical Michael McIntyre? Because that's what he looks like. <laughs> but, oh yeah, his hair. Everything about him, even the fact he looked like Michael McIntyre. I did not like the CGI lightning. Yeah, it's not necessary. Especially because they've got the practical effect of the explosions. It wasn't necessary. He turned. Yeah. So he turns Electra Electra into old Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. So is that how old Deuteronomy lives so long? Is he steals young cat's life force? Because Electra reappears. I know. I just at that point, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so this is a con that he's in on with McCavity. Is each year he's like, McCavity, you've got to make me vanish somehow, and we'll do a second sacrifice. But that young cat, I'll channel their life force, and I'll live forever. No, nope. nope, it's just a one-off, and and obviously she's still alive. Mm-hmm. It is very triumphant, and it is still like a really amazing number when it's like, oh well, I never was there ever. Mm. And we all have our lighters out and our swaying. It just felt like the movie Mistopheles needed it more. But yeah, I loved I this. Care. I will say, though, the CGI disappear yeah. is worse than any of the CGI from the 29 film. That, that is fine. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. And I love him. But it was just really like, that's a bold choice. Mm-hmm. Because why could they not just have done it the way the stage show would? Just because we're filming it without an audience, can we still treat it yeah. like it's this... a stage version? You've got the perfect get out because we're showing you cats from the Adelphi Theatre. It's the stage recording of it. Mm-hmm. Can we not use the stage magic? This is my favourite song. I know it is. Show. And this feels like, after the way that this act has gone... Mm-hmm. Just the second half of this show, we've had one upbeat song so far, which is Skimbleshanks. Yes. McCavity, while it is an upbeat song, is still, there's an air sense no, of like danger it's about a it. Bond thing. Yeah. It's not an upbeat song. Yeah. And then you have this song of triumph, and it's so good, and yeah. the dancing, and the magic, and everything about it. Which is it funny because you hate magic. 
I hate magic. I do. I hate magic unless it's things like this. Yes. And then I can get on board with it. Because yeah. nobody's asking me to pretend that what they're doing is real. No, I know. So <laughs> we get memory. Yeah. We realise it's nearly sunrise. We haven't killed a cat yet. Sorry, reborn. So this song is opened by Jemima reminding us all that it's nearly sunrise yeah. and it's nearly a new day and hey, we should probably kill someone because, you know. Because, you know, like Jellical Bull, that's what we do. Now, the costume for Grizabella, mm -hmm. I have seen it before. I always saw the picture of her as she arrives here and thought, wow, she looks like a sad clown. She does look like a sad clown. But seeing in context, it doesn't look so ridiculous now. No. So I always thought like... You always see that picture of Elaine Page's Gisabella on its own though, don't you? And this is the thing is, it's not the best costume. No, and I was thinking about that while we were watching it. She is wearing the cat leotard mm -hmm. that she wore in the overture and in the prologue. Yeah. With a sparkly black cocktail dress over the top mm -hmm. and high heels and well they're character shoes yeah. but heels and then her shaggy cat sad grizabella coat yeah. and her wig and then like opera gloves yeah I, I don't know if that's what they're actually called with cat nails and if you look at it too hard it's not a particularly nice costume no and her coat doesn't fit with everybody else's costumes because her coat looks like a fur coat that a rich woman would wear. Yeah. That has fallen apart. And I get it for her character. That's incredible. Like, it's yeah. really, really well thought out. But it's such a juxtaposition from everyone else. Well, it is. And I think because her costume is the most like a human in a costume. Mm -hmm. And I think when hers is one of the most famous bits. Yeah. And you see her image everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't think she has a tail. If you are not aware of what Cats is and you saw that. I feel like it's on par with maybe some of the bargain basement beasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a shame because of how incredible Elaine Page is. And when you see her moving, yeah, you forget all about the costume issues mm -hmm. because it just works. But as an isolated picture of what Cat should be, it doesn't work. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. So she starts to sing memories the same way that we heard it in the prologue and is unable to finish it and has a bit of a breakdown and lies down on the floor because she's just ready to give up i really wish point. you'd let me say they do my joke first because i feel like my joke's really inappropriate after that beautiful poignant way of describing what she does why what are you gonna say kill me <laughs> i can't live on much longer i am desperate for rebirth Give me a second chance. I liked mine better. Yeah, and mine was really inappropriate after that. <laughs> but that's basically what she's singing. Yeah. Well, no, she isn't. She's she just wants to be accepted. No, she. I know. She doesn't even particularly want to be reborn. I don't think she's. That's what she's interested in. Do I you think, think she as she's being accepted. ascended up to cat heaven, she's friends. like, she's like. It should be Gus. Why is Gus not up here? Yeah. I just wanted to hang out with you guys again. I mean, basically. I had great memories. And then in her inability to continue the song, Jemima realises mm. that they've been singing the same song this whole time. Yeah. She joins in 
And then we get the best part of this song, which is Elaine Page just belting oh, out. Oh, yes. The touch me section, which is, ah. Oh. Her voice is just beautiful. And again, I got goosebumps watching this. Mm-hmm. And I can't think, and I'm sure we have seen people with phenomenal voices over the past 42 weeks. Mm-hmm. But this is such a showcase I of her voice. I can't think of any other performance better than this one right here. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, so we love Waitress. And yes. one of my favourite things in Waitress is that she used to be mine. Yeah. Which is the grand ballad in that one always makes me think of the way that Elaine Page performs Memory. It's the only other song that I think has ever given me the reaction. That and Where Did the Rock Go? Mm-hmm. Those are the only two other songs I can actively think of that gave me this Basically, we love feeling. a heartbreak ballad. <laughs> we do, but I think it's just everything about it, the way it gets bigger. Yeah. And Elaine Page is... I can't believe I've not sent her in anything else. This is the first thing I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what else she's done. And I think that's a travesty. And that's something I need to correct. Well, because Andrew Lloyd Webber. She is so amazing. She is. She's incredible. And so talented. Like, that voice is just gorgeous. Mm. I would love to know her thoughts on Cats, the film. <laughs> I mean, so she did a whole episode of her show about it. Did she really? Yeah, we'll have to listen to it. If you are not in the UK, which I know a lot of our lovely listeners are not, Elaine Page has a radio show here called Elaine Page on Sunday, and it's on BBC Radio 2. Yeah. Go and listen to it if you can. She's hilarious. She's so funny. My favourite thing she's ever done is played this recording of memory just out of nowhere she just played it and then when it was finished went well that was me (laughs) i was like i love her so much she's just brilliant like she's got such a good demeanor on the the radio as well yeah i just if you have to do a long drive on a sunday Mm -hmm. it's worth it because you can just plug into her we love you elaine page and i love you so much more for this she's literally been in everything she was in hair Grease, Evita, Cats, Chess, Anything Goes, Sunset Boulevard, King and I, Sweeney Todd, Drowsy Chaperone, wow. Follies. Like We need to find some more recordings mm-hmm. where she's in them because I really want to see more of her work. Mm-hmm. So we have decided on a cat sacrifice. Yes, Old Deuteronomy basically puts his hand out now that we've all touched Grizabella and accepted yeah. her as one of the Jellicles and you know Tugger's a lot goes up and like gives her a hug and Monkestrap yeah. is nice to her now yeah we go to journey to the heavy side layer aka cat sacrifice mm. up 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 past the Russell Hotel well it's how we know they're not helical cats yeah so otherwise it'd be down 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 does the life force go to old Deuteronomy? Is this just a ritual to keep him immortal? No. Jellicle cults, angelical cults. So a magical flying rumba takes Grizabella it's a... up, up, up to Cat God. Yeah. And then I, I thought that was a funny joke. Mm-hmm. But oh wait, that actually is a Cat God? Yeah. 
It's his giant cat paw that comes down from the stone. Which is amazing, like, as a set piece, like, this arm just coming down and Grizzy B just walking into the hand Mm -hmm. and then the hand shutting up and it's like, oh, she's gone. That's a really cool set piece. Yeah. Why can that not be the ending? Mm-hmm. Like, the addressing of cats is anti-dog propaganda, and it's very anticlimactic. Yeah, so I have a lot to say about this song. I hate could, this song. Could this have taken the place of Peaks and Podicles and been his opening speech? The genical ball is open. Let it begin. No, because it's the last poem in the book. The, I read through the book. Those poems are not in any order. Buster for Jones comes after others. Like, you can rejig them. No, I know, which is why it annoys me so much. Yeah. There, there is literally no reason for this to be the last song. Yeah. I love Cats. I think this is an excellent musical. I love all the songs, except for this one. And the only reason that it goes at the end is because Old Deuteronomy has a line where he's like, you've been introduced to a lot of cats. You know, we've heard a lot of cat stories tonight. Now I'm going to tell you the most important cat story. Which is hate dogs. You've got to be nice to cats. Yes. And that you should be friendly to cats and address them as okay. Yeah. And that's... Just finish finish with Journey to the Heavy Side Layer and then have a dance and then we'd be finished. Don't even end with a dance. Just that. let that be it. Mm -hmm. What I will say that I really like about the orchestration of this song... Yeah. Is that it sounds like old Lang's line. Lang sign, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that, which I think is appropriate because it's New Cat's Eve. Yeah, it's the Cat New Year. Yeah. So in that sense, I'm okay with it going last, but it just feels like such a come down and anti-climax after we've had magical Mr. Mistopheles, after we've had memory, and even like Journey to the Heavy Side Layer, it's not as like fun, mm-hmm. but it still feels appropriately epic with the up, up, up. It just is a disappointing song to end on. Yeah, it really is. I wish I wish it was better. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> and that's how we end. It and feels appropriate like, that that's how we end cats. Even the lyrics. So this is this, and that is that. Yeah. And that is how you address a cat. And that's it, and it sucks. <laughs> I remember putting this on my musicals playlist for you, so I thought, I'll get as many cat songs on here as possible to surprise you for a long drive. Mm-hmm. This one came up, and you're like, oh, God, skip this. I was like, I'm trying to make you happy. <laughs> I know, I remember. Especially because it wasn't this version. No, it was the Judy Dench version. Judy Dench I couldn't version, find, even worse. I couldn't find versions of, like, Broadway cats. So, this is something I wanted to talk to you about. Because... This isn't a true version of Cats in that this is a mixed cast. There are two Cats albums on Spotify. Well, now there's three. There's the movie, which... Which took the longest time to be added. Yeah. Then there's the London original cast recording and there's the Broadway original cast recording. And So there's been nothing since the 80s. No. Until 2019. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. If you... (laughs) You... You had to make your own playlist, basically, were out of those two albums mm. because the way that some of the songs are performed in the London and Broadway recordings are different. Yeah. For example, Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser, 
is absolutely horrendous in i can't remember which one's which but there's one bad one there's one bad one and then there's one that's like the version in the state in the show we just watched and the bad one is the same as the one in the movie which is where they sing it on a really weird different key and it's slower and not as fun and the version in this is so much fun oh yeah it is a lot like a fun yeah there's also like it's very difficult to find a good version of memory yeah you but there is an elaine page version which isn't from this or from a film a stage recording it's from one of her albums but that's what i mean is is like if you were basing off the fact we're going to look on the cats album to get a version of memory mm-hmm. there doesn't really seem to be a good version especially because you've got three versions of memory in this yep You've got to really search to find good versions of cards. Yeah. So, the Jellicle Ball is done. Yeah. We have killed Grizzly Bee. Mm-hmm. What is your best song in Cats? In this version. In the version we watched, yes. Yeah. Mr. Mistopheles. Mm-hmm. And then in a very, very close second, Mongo Jerry Rampatiza. Cool. I put five songs... As your best songs. Can I try and guess them? Yeah, you can. They're in no order, I guess. Right. Yeah, they're in no order. I think it's more like just ones that I enjoyed. Obviously, Skimbleshanks. Yes, Skimbleshanks is there. Funny enough, it's the third one I wrote down. Ram Tum Tugger. That was the first one I wrote down. Obviously. Um, Mungo Jerry and Rumpelteaser. Yep. Fourth one. Memory. Second one. And Macavity. No. Ooh, Gus? Nope. Oh, I have no idea then. Magical Mr. Mistopheles. Oh, good. I know I said I preferred the movie version, but like mm-hmm. I still really loved this version. I just think Rum Tum Target is great. It's yeah. so brilliant and like appropriate for that character. Mm-hmm. You can tell everything you need to about this cat. Memory is one of the best performances I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's beautiful. But you wouldn't listen to it on its own. I would, provided I could get a good recording <laughs> the of The Lame Page version. Yeah. Skimble Shanks is, is Skimble Shanks. Like, I just, just so love good. it. It's the purest of loves. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great song. Mongo Jerry Rumble Teaser was a lot more fun than any other version I've heard it. Yep. And yeah, it's Mr. Mistopheles. Nice. They all say, oh, well, I never. Was there ever. A cat so clever. <laughs> what is your skip song? I guess it's... I know what it is. Cats. <laughs> dressing the cats. There was only one song I disliked more than that. Is Peaks, Peaks and, and Follicles. Yeah. I get why, but I find that song quite fun. I just think it's a nice, weird little Yeah, interview. I just didn't feel like I needed it. Like, I at least feel like mm. the addressing of cats wraps things up. It may not be the best, but it wraps it up. Yeah. And, yeah, skips the Peaks and Follicles for me. Mm. Who's your MVP? Uh, the Rumpton Tugger. It's difficult. I. It's really difficult, but he is kind of a narrator. Yeah. In a weird kind of way. And John Partridge, who's playing mm. the Tugger, is great. He's so good. What is really difficult about this is because it's so montage that like sometimes you would say the best performer is the one who contributes the most. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, because some of them only get like five minutes. Yeah. I've said that my MVP is 
Grisabella. Fair enough. Because, like, it's just beautiful and it's amazing. But I would also say Gus. Yeah. Because of just how much he made me feel in such a short time. Yeah. You know, like, to have as much of a reaction to this old man cat mm-hmm. who literally is on stage for maybe three minutes. Yeah. And to feel so sad. Mm-hmm. I just think that's phenomenal. And I think, you know, the actor playing Gus did a fantastic job. Yeah. I also think... Rosemary Ford, who's playing Gombal Urena. Yeah. She's amazing. The whole... Obviously, they're all phenomenal. But I just love her performance of everything. Yeah. She... I didn't catch that song. You're so funny. <laughs> I don't know why I keep you around. <laughs> She's so great, and I just love her. But then it's like... Oh, yeah. Then there's Susan McKenna as Jenny Anydots and Mungo Jerry Rumpeteaser, who can do a double cartwheel across the stage. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. Okay. There's two, they have too much power. <laughs> Which role would you want to play? Do I have to? I'll pick a girl and a guy. Okay. Because I, there's a lot of the guy roles that I would want to play. Okay. But... I guess this is the sort of show that, like, you could, provided you had the vocal range and the dance ability, like screw it anyone can play these roles mm-hmm. you're a cat yeah it doesn't really matter no especially with the kittens yeah so bombal urina for the girls mm-hmm. because i want to sing macavity i want to do backup for jenny annie dots because that's hilarious it's like either her or rumpel because i love rumpel yeah. but i feel like bombal urina would be fun and then, obviously, I would want to play Mr. Mistopheles. Fair. Like, straight up. <laughs> I love him. Who would you want to be? Multiple cats. There's multiple cats. <laughs> of course. Uh, I've, I How say many multiple, cats? I've written down five. There are, like, five male main cats. Okay. Well, I put the tugger. Obviously. Because, oh, so much fun. Yeah. I put Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. Skimble. Yeah. McCavity. Excellent. And Gus. Oh, that's so sad. Especially if I got to then be like triumphant Gus. Mm. Like you just kind of like throw your cape back and you're like, ha ha. Yeah, you get to be Growl Tiger. So. You wouldn't want to be Buster for Jones? No. Buster for Jones continues to be a kind of weak point. What if you got to be Skimble and Buster for Jones? Because they're so far apart from each other and the costumes are so different. Like, fine. That that wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to just be Buster for Jones. I feel like Jenny Any Dots and Buster for Jones are the most forgettable. Aww. But I think that's partly because you don't really see them much. Because they're so early on mm. that by the time you get to, like, a Skimble Shanks, like, in Act 2, everything's kind of fresh in your memory. Yeah. So it doesn't matter by the time it gets to the end because you're still remembering Gus, you're still remembering Skimble. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Targa and Mistopheles who are frequently on stage and seen. You don't have that with Buster for Jones because of the costume, understandably. And I feel like I didn't notice Jenny any dots after she'd done her song. So for me, they're the most forgettable. Yep. Fair enough. This is what Cats 2019 should have been. Yeah, a filmed stage version. Yeah, like, you keep that cast, 
and you put on a show in a theatre like this, if they still want the weird cat CGI, by all means go for it. Like, I had no... It's not a good choice, but if they Especially really... Especially considering the level of costume that's in the that, stage show. I know, but if they really wanted to go with the CGI, hmm. have it with this backdrop. Yeah, in the junkyard. Just have that. And yeah, I never still... really understood their need to show CGI London. Yeah, you can still do the weird CGI cat design if you want to. Yeah. But this is what the, that film should have been. Like, a star-studded cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the the lack of audience is trying at times. Yeah. Because this is a stage show. Mm-hmm. And the weird shots and the slow motion, they're kind of jarring at times. This is certainly unlike any other stage recording we have watched or oh. I have ever seen. Yeah, definitely. But this is this isn't... Cats the theatre show. This is Cats the film. Mm-hmm. Like, undoubtedly. And I gave it five stars. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Wait, what was our last five-star show? I know I gave Anna and the Apocalypse five stars. Is that what the last one was? I... I that is so funny. It might have been. Oh, my God. I, I just loved this. I... I really, really... I'm so glad that you loved this. Oh my god, I'm going to make you rewatch this so many times. I, I just... It was fun. Like, above everything else, it was just fun. Incredible. And, you know, I think we're starting to see what I want. Like, don't get me wrong, I love it when there's a big life or death and, you know, world-defining and it changes your life watching it musicals. Yeah. But sometimes you just want it to be, like, fun. You just want to have a good time. And I had that watching Cats. Awesome. If the world sorts itself out and Cats goes on tour, we are 100% going to see Cats. Oh, yeah. I really liked this one. Mm. I can't I can't understate that enough. And, you know, I did get a few responses from people on Twitter and Instagram who said about how much they like Cats as well. Like, I actually yeah. found more people replied to me saying, I've got memories of this, ironically. <laughs> We, we got loads of great things about how much people enjoy cats. But the one that I do just want to spotlight before we move on and we, you know, end our Jellicle was we got a message from your mum. We did, indeed. We got a message from your mum. And what she said was very, very simple. This was the show that made me fall in love with theatre. Probably because the first time I saw it, it was Elaine and Bonnie and Wayne. Yep. And I think, yeah, like, Cats is a family show, first and foremost. And we talked about it with Elf. Mm-hmm. It could be something that changes your life watching yeah. it. Definitely. And yeah, I, I really liked Cats. I thought it was a lot more fun than I feared it was going to be. Yeah. But I would watch it again with you. Yes. <laughs> you know who else loves that we're doing an episode of Cats this week? Who? Jason Gardner. <laughs> Yes. Who was fantastic as Alonzo and is fantastic in everything we d- he does. Oh, We love him. Yeah, so we actually had some interaction with Jason Gardner this week who yeah. listened to us talk about Ruthless. Yes. And if you haven't listened to our episode covering Ruthless yet, you should because it's such an amazing show. Mm. And if you have Broadway HD, 
We don't in the UK, but if you are in an area or a territory that has it, you need to watch Ruthless. It is incredible. Jason Gardner is amazing in it. I know we made the joke that like John Barrowman could also play it, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, that's a running bit. Yeah. It's not us saying we've cut someone for it for John Barrowman. It's just something we do. Yeah. But yeah, we actually had Jason Gardner listen to the episode and and retweet us. And Mm -hmm. I was amazing. And we've spoken to him a few times since and, Wow. Super exciting. Super exciting. Make sure you check out our episode covering Ruthless and make sure you watch Ruthless because it's... Cats surprised me with how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That's because Cats kind of has a bit of a history like we talked about earlier that, you know, it's seen as a bit of a joke. Ruthless I just don't think is known at all and I think that's a travesty. Yep. I, I, I think Ruthless needs to be seen by more people. Mm-hmm. And if this po- podcast has one thing... I want I wanted to raise the platform of Ruthless. Yeah, me too, because I want it to come back to the UK. And I'd love to see it again mm-hmm. with Jason Gardner or John Barrowman. <laughs> or anyone else. I would watch that show over and yeah. over again. But we're going to, instead of looking back, we're now going to look forward. Yeah. And so what next... should I be looking forward to on next week's episode? Next week, we are watching Kinky Boots. I'm very excited. Now... This is not the version that has Brendan Urie. No, it is not. Okay. No hate. I just... I, I'm i a big fan of... I say Panic at the Disco. It basically is just Brendan Urie nowadays. But, you know, sure. my 15, 14-year-old scene self loved Panic at the Disco. And then wow, I heard he was sorry. in a musical. I was like, wow. He was good in it, from what I hear. But yes. no, we're not watching we're not that watching version. That. We are watching... The version that was on... The shows must go on. Yes. And is also available on Broadway HD, mm-hmm. from what I'm aware of. So if you haven't seen Kinky Boots, that's the version we're going to be watching. Yes, indeed. And that'll... I, I know nothing about Kinky Boots other than drag queens. Cool. So... I think the only thing you've seen of Kinky Boots is the Tony's opening where the drag queens are there. Yeah, because Neil Patrick Harris was hosting and he had the Mormons as well. Mm-hmm. The Mormons in Kinky Boots would have been funny. <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm excited to talk about a musical I've not seen. Yeah. I mean, back to the, the formula, I guess. Because <laughs> this is maybe the second time we've talked about a show that I have experience of seeing. Yeah, a version of, yeah. Mm. For sure. Let us know your thoughts on Cats. Have we done it justice? And if not, what have we missed? Do you agree that we need to give justice to Gus, who should have been the Jellicle choice? Or did old Deuteronomy get it right? Let us know. You can reach us, as always, on Twitter and Instagram at It's A Musical Pod. Or you can email us on It's A Musical Pod at gmail.com. You can let us know your thoughts on Kinky Boots. Is it one of your favourites? Is it one that is skippable for you? Always interested to know, especially because I think this is a newer musical. Yeah. Which I always feel like the newer musicals are maybe more uh, divisive. Just something I've picked up on. Yeah. But I'm very intrigued to hear what you all think about Kinky Boots as well. You can join us next week on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music and on Stitcher Radio and on Podbean. Make sure you subscribe and hey maybe 
you've enjoyed our episode so much you'd like to leave us a five-star review we would not say no to that <laughs> just like you gave cats just like i gave cats a glowing five-star review yeah. was it perfect no, no but i enjoyed it i can't believe you lasted this long before making that kind of cat joke what can i say <laughs> what can i say i like to leave you waiting until the end mm. As usual, have a magical musical Monday. See you next week. Same bat place, same boot channel. <laughs>